When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the latest Football Digest podcast, available on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe now through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts from, so you don't miss a single episode. It's Argentina against France. Lionel Messi against Kylian Mbappe. It's a World Cup final. The Qatar World Cup has got the blockbuster final it desired, with Messi and Mbappe, two of Qatar's PSG stars, set to square off for the Golden Ball and the World Cup trophy itself on Sunday. Argentina recovered from an embarrassing matchday one defeat to Saudi Arabia to become one of the most resistant, hard-to-beat teams at this tournament. And having knocked out both Netherlands and Croatia, we'll be hoping that Messi's magic can carry them through one more time and put the great man alongside Diego Maradona definitively in the heart of all Argentina supporters. France, on the other hand, are back in the World Cup final four years on from their last appearance. They are seeking to become the first side to retain the World Cup since Pelé's Brazil back in 1962. And Mbappe, the man who has been compared to Pelé since emerging at Russia 2018, it's a chance of a second World Cup title by the age of only 23. Joining me, Peter Staunton, live from Doha, are John Cross and Andy Dunn on this episode of Football Digest. Welcome, guys. It's not an England final, but probably the next best thing to the biggest names at the tournament. Andy, set us up for us. Preview this, uh, this World Cup final. How are you feeling about it all? I'm feeling very excited about the game. I mean, I really am. You, you, you sum it up well. It is the dream final um, on a, on an awful lot of levels. Obviously, um, from uh, FIFA's point of view, it's you know the the two big names in Messi and Mbappe, and everything that goes with that. From Qatari's point, from the Qatari point of view, you know these are two characters who are very familiar. Um, they are very familiar with. Obviously, PSG is owned by Qatari Sports Investments. Uh, extremely close links, um, obviously, with the club and those two players. You know, they're poster players. They're, 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 their faces, even before this final, were, you know, all over the skyscraper buildings of Doha and and beyond. So it's the absolutely perfect um, final for them. And also, from a footballing point of view, of course, it's the perfect... It, it's what probably fans, neutral fans, Argentina fans, definitely, and FIFA would have scripted because we knew before, we knew a month or two before that this was, you know, you could have guessed anyway because he'd be 39 by the time the next World Cup comes around. Um, But Messi had said a month before this World Cup that this would be his last World Cup. Um, So from the moment he said that, the narrative was for him to go out doing what he hasn't done before, and that's to inspire Argentina to a World Cup trophy. He's since confirmed that this will be his last World Cup game in the Lucille Stadium on Sunday. And it's perfect. And also, what again, you mentioned the defeat to Saudi Arabia. And in a way, that's 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 almost built the storyline as well. Because since then, you know, Argentina have grown and grown into this tournament. And Messi, you know, it, it, it's very easy to exaggerate the brilliance of Messi. But on the other hand, it's not because he, he does actually defy logic in a way. And what he's done in this tournament is absolutely remarkable. You know, when you watch the game the other day, 
and you're thinking to yourself, you know, they're they're three nil up. They've got a final coming up, you know. Um, conditions are still quite testing out here. It's not as hot as it was early in the tournament, but it's still still quite demanding. You think, why aren't they taking them off? Why aren't they taking you know Lionel Messi off? And they don't. They play him for every minute of every game. He's had the most goals, obviously, joint with Mbappe. He's had, I think, the most assists. He's created the most chances. He's drawn the most fouls. I mean, it's remarkable stuff from Lionel Messi. And we do take it for granted. Well, he's producing that in, you know, the most um, pressurised atmosphere imaginable. The expectation of his nation, the expectation of football on him, and yet he keeps producing. And on the other hand then, the fascinating situation is they're up against the team. Listen, I look at this game logically and I think, you know, France should be clear favourites. Um, I look at the Argentine, Argentinian team and I think man for man, France, you know, even without Pogba, Benzema, um, Kante, um, they are better. And the interesting, I think, story about France, which we might get onto, is is that is that actually, you know, they're, they're going for back-to-back wins. And this is a generation of France players. We talk about England's golden generation. Well, boy, have they got a golden generation of players. You look at the age of that French team and the squad and the players they've got in the background, and they could dominate, seriously. They win tomorrow, sorry, Sunday. They win on Sunday. You're looking at a team that will have won back-to-back World Cups and could win back-to-back World Cups after that. That, I think, is the interesting storyline on France, whereas on, on the Argentinian side, I'm not, you can't see it's about one man because, let's face it, you, you know, you, you've, you've had the incredible performances of, of, of players um, like Julian Alvarez, for example. You know, so you can't just put it one man. But, it, but in essence, it is. In essence, it's Messi. It's Messi against... And, and the team that he inspires against a squad that could dominate international football for many, many years to come. Absolutely, Andy. Absolutely. Um, and speaking of speaking of Messi, I think he would become. He would certainly go into the top five as as one of the oldest top five oldest players ever to to come home with the trophy if he does do it. And John, I just wanted. I mean, I wanted to. I wanted to stay with Messi. Now, football can you know break your heart a lot. Um, but Messi deserves this, doesn't he? Yeah, I feel that passionately, Peter. I really do. Um, I, I'm, I'm terribly flaky, and I go through I go through phases probably um, in, in my football watching life about who's the who's the greatest, and you know the the, the Cristiano Ronaldo debate v Messi, um, various things along the way. You know, I've always felt for a long, long time that it was Maradona, but. I also think, I, I just think as time goes by, I just think it's Lionel Messi because football evolves. It becomes much, much harder. And I guess we are, it's unfair to compare with the past, which we're, we're doing because they're almost different games. But in doing so, you also realise how much more physically demanding, how much more technically demanding I think the current game is. I think, you know, when you look at the distances compared um, to players, I mean, I did something a few weeks back about sort of how, how far the England players ran in the '66 finals compared to an average England game now. Well, I mean, it's nowhere near, and that's including 120 minutes. I mean, it's just it's just on a different level. And Lionel Messi, I think, is a, is a fantastic fairy tale. Is he, he? You know, the way he scampers and glides across the pitch is just mesmerising. I love the way that the 
Argentinian players have bought into this siege mentality, which has been embraced, I think, by the travelling Argentinian fans, which have lit up this World Cup. They've got a whole nation behind them. At the heart of it, leading them is Lionel Messi. I, I think of the reason I loved, you know, Maradona. I know he's love saying some England fans, but in, in 86, for example, I thought the quarterfinalists were such on a level playing field. You could have picked any one of them, basically, to go and win the win the World Cup. But it was Messi, uh, sorry, it was Maradona who, you know, lifted them to a different level um, that made them truly special. And it was that one single player that inspired that Argentinian team to go and win the World Cup then. And, and frankly, it feels exactly the same to me with this team now with Argentina. Because honestly, if you pick away at it, I think there's certain players that stand out and I think I'm not just being Premier League centric here, but I think that Martinez has been terrific. I had to choose my team of the tournament. He's been great. Romero's been fantastic, I think, in centre half. Um, you know, Andy quite rightly picks out Alvarez, for example. But I think look at the fullbacks. They're so average. I keep Tagliafico, you know, in for, for, for Sunday because he played because of suspension the other night. He played well. And other bits of the, you know, team are just so. Well, average, really, frankly, it's a bit, it's a bit of a strange one. But Messi just has this ability to lift them up and make them special, and that's frankly why it defines it for me. That's why I'd love to see him, who you know, the player that I regard as the greatest of all time, you know, deliver that kind of crowning glory on an incredible career. And that's why I think he, he, he in my eyes, deserves it. Yeah, um, I mean, he's done so much for so long, uh, John. Uh, you know, ever since he emerged, I think he met his Argentina debut 16 years ago now. He's obviously got the Copa America title for them. All those Champions League, all those goals for Barcelona, every record in the book uh, has been broken. But yet, there's always that debate because Maradona had a World Cup. There's always that debate uh, over, you know, who deserves not only the adulation, but also the affection uh, of Argentinians. But I guess this tournament, you know, the, the aggression that Messi has shown, you know, he's really shown some grit that we haven't seen in, in a long time from Messi. Obviously taunting Louis van Gaal. Um, he's really been one of the lads for Argentina this year. Um, and I think it's maybe, you know, it's that that element of Messi's character, which Argentines uh, didn't see for a long time, which which now sort of mark him out as, as one of their own. Would I be right in that? Yeah, you know, it has been, um, uh, I think it's been a sort of a, a steady process. I think that, that you're right, Peter. I think when we enter this, you know, greatest of all time, or GOAT as, as people call it now, is, you know, debate. It's always about, you know, yeah, but has he won the World Cup? And that's the kind of def the defining argument, isn't it? It's the definitive, you know, final strand for Messi. And I think that, you know, Messi, yeah, the, the, there were stories, weren't there, out of Barcelona, for example, about kind of, you know, whether he was kind of that, that team player. And I guess when you're that special at times, if you're, if you're that sort of kind of that standout player on the pitch, I don't know that you can always necessarily fit into the kind of, you know, one of the lads' ethos, really. But that's absolutely what he's done, you know, here. You know, the other night when he, he just makes that run down the, the um, right wing, basically teases the Croatia uh, defence, 
and then cuts back, cuts it back inside um, for Alvarez to score. Well, I think in previous times, he stands up the centre-half, basically, before, you know, the byline, so he can cut inside and go for goal himself. And the difference now, I think, and maybe that comes with maturity, maybe that comes with a bit of age as well, because he's not quite as quick as he was. But I still think that he's basically just every bit as effective. I think of... Argentina and France as moments teams. They, they create special moments. You know, they don't dominate games for, for 90 minutes. They basically, uh, you know, really kind of create individual moments. And there's no one better at this tournament than doing that than Messi. Absolutely. Um, he may not have cut inside because he was on a dodgy hamstring as well uh, <laughs> in the semi-final, which is all the more remarkable. Uh, 35 to be doing what he's uh, what he's doing. He's obviously not the player he was at 24-25, but, but still, um, you know, the roman- romantic in me hope Messi gets one. Um, uh, and I mean, the Ronaldo debate has been if there was ever a tournament to put that debate to bed, my goodness, it's been uh, it's been this one. Let's be honest, um, Andy. Changing of the guard then, uh, let's speak a little bit about Messi's teammate, Kylian Mbappe, who, to the same extent, hasn't quite lit up uh, the knockout rounds, but he's still got five goals in the tournament. It's still a constant menace, danger, threat, creating things, even if he's, you know, not the one scoring the goals. Um, what's your analysis on on how Mbappe has been so far uh, in this tournament and a World Cup win, as much as we talk about Messi's legacy, two World Cups by the age of 23. What would that do to the, as John describes it, the, the GOAT debate? Yeah, well, well it, by the way, if, if you're on the GOAT debate, the fact that, the, the, that Pele, as I mentioned, is basically just one of the biggest insults I could possibly imagine. Pele is the greatest footballer of all time, the most important footballer of all time. And that's end of story, really. You, you know, uh, it's okay scoring goals for Barcelona, but, you know, um, he scored. He, he won three World Cups, for goodness sake. At the age of 17, he scored a hat-trick in a World Cup semi-final and, and two in the final. Produced one of the greatest individual overall performances in tournament football ever seen in 1970. Not physically demanding? How about you check out some of the treatment Pele got in 1966? I would advise you to go through some footage and dig out Yao Marais of Portugal's um, double foul on him that basically kicked him out of the tournament. So I do think, listen, we, I know we don't we, we don't like history. We don't do history. We do what's in front of us. That's probably a society thing at the moment. But, you know, I mean, the, the idea that Pelé isn't the most important, greatest footballer, and actually doesn't get mentioned. You mentioned Maradona, you mentioned Cristiano Ronaldo, um, but um, it's Pelé. But anyway, Kylian Mbappe, who may well turn out to be the greatest footballer of all time, because as you say, um, uh, tomorrow would be a second. And as I, as I mentioned a few minutes earlier, I do suspect this French team has the depth. French football has the depth. I mean, this French football, I, I, I mean, seriously, throughout all the junior levels, I mean, you only have to look around the leagues. You only have to look at the talent. You only have to realise how many players are missing. And the, and, and the young players, you know, the, Yusuf Fafana, Chimene, these, you know, Kunde and Kanate the other day, these, you know, these are coming through the ranks. These aren't players who are automatic choices. But anyway, so Mbappe, in that sense, could not only win his second um, on Sunday at World Cup, and I think he will, um, you could look at three and four, you know, twenty-seven at the age of 27 and 31. Again, now back to his performance in this um, World Cup. Yes, you, you write against England and against Morocco, he was not as his scintillating best yet. Yet, you know, he did in in, in a fashion create 
Um, the second goal that, that killed off Morocco, you know, when he's, he, he, he cut inside his deflected efforts, um, then went into the path of um, Colo Moani. So he created that second goal. He did have a hand, if you remember, in, in England's first goal. He did, contrary to popular opinion, um, um, go past Carl Walker on one occasion in that game. And he did get, pa- get, get past a couple of Moroccan defenders. Obviously, we saw the, the tackle from Amrabat, which was a great moment, a great moment for Amrabat. But let's face it, in all, in all honesty, it was probably a foul, wasn't it? Um, so, 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 no, he, he hasn't set these games alight. He hasn't scored in these two games yet. He is always a threat. You know, he is always a threat. And it's an old cliche almost, isn't it? Is that is is Mbappe and players of his ilk, and obviously Messi is, is the prime example of that, will occupy defenders, will occupy um, teams' defensive thoughts, will occupy a midfielder, will, will get double coverage. And obviously, it goes without saying, it's not rocket science to know that that then opens up avenues for Griezmann, for Nembele, for Giroud. And clearly that is, is an element of it. It, it, it. Is Mbappe being on the field, defenders knowing he has that turn of pace that can cause mayhem is, is, is what's essential. And you talk about focused Messi. I totally agree with, with, with yourself and John. I mean, I, I've never seen Messi, you know, so emotionally invested, you know. I mean, understandably so. You know, it is. It's, it's, he's, he's a proud Argentinian, and 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 he wants to go out um, in the perfect manner. And I've never seen him so emotionally invested. But Ditto Kylian Mbappe, you know, we've had. Let's face it, for for a young lad, essentially a young lad, only twenty three, there've been a lot of stories, haven't there, about maybe his attitude, you know, maybe him almost taking charge of PSG, him getting his own way, him being. A little bit of a prima donna, maybe, or a big prima donna in terms of like you know the the, the money um, he can command. But there's no sign of that um, in this French squad. And, and you know, normally, I'm not being funny, but we always the thing with the French squad, we normally get rifts. We normally get talk of like you know uh, players having to go at each other. Um, it's been different this year. It's probably Belgium who, who filled that category this year, but not this year. You get Mbappe, the Mbappe that comes across at this World Cup. Is, is, is Mbappe a team player? And that's in the same way with Messi. And that's why it's set up brilliant. So in answer to your question as well, I also think that, listen, he, he's a fantastic talent. And the stage is set, isn't it? The stage is set for, for him, for Messi, for anyone, obviously. But you just get the feeling that, that against um, an Argentinian defence, which, you know, has done really well, by the way, really, really well since that Saudi Arabian game. But you just feel that that that, that he he is there's one moment that he could get clear and um, and produce a game changing moment. Fascinating stuff. And he looks fit, does he? Looks fit and well, and as I say, looks extremely focused. Yeah, um, absolutely. And you, I just wanted to pick up on that, um, Andy. I'm going to move over to John for my next point, but I just wanted to pick up on on the French generation after generation. You know, getting these players out there. Not only have they dealt with the injury situation uh, at the World Cup. Obviously, they haven't had Kimpembe. Hernandez gets injured in the first game. 
two World Cup winning midfielders uh, in Angola Conte and Paul Pogba, uh, Christoph and and Kunku up front and the the Ballon d'Or winner, uh, Karim Benzema. Uh, None of them uh, were able to to play at the World Cup, although we don't quite know about Benzema yet. Well, we'll come to that. Not only that, I was going to mention, you look around the other squads, you look at Morocco, Tunisia, Senegal, Cameroon, and the number of French-born, French-eligible players that are in those squads as well. It's like they could probably do a France B or a France C at this World Cup. It's just remarkable. Exactly. Even even some slightly older players, for example. America Laporte, for example. You know, couldn't get a sniff and playing, you know, a linchpin in the Spanish side. No, it, it is remarkable. Absolutely. It's remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. Um, and they've got the, the, the Rugby World Cup coming up next year as well. They're going to win that too, aren't they? It's all France. It's all coming up France. Cricket, <laughs> You're not good at cricket. Um, John, I wanted to ask about um, about Benzema. Uh, I don't know if you've been close to any of the French journalists over the last couple of days, uh, but we seem to have got reports that he's eligible because he wasn't replacing the squad. Didier Deschamps did not want to answer the question yesterday as if he had been um, foiled, let's be honest, by... Um, that his plan had got out, maybe. Uh, and Benzema then and, and Real Madrid have been posting pictures and and uh, and footage of him playing matches, a friendly match yesterday, and he was in the gym last night, 12 hours ago. His, his, um, his last message was posted. Is this pie in the sky to think that Benzema could be on the bench for Sunday? Oh, surely. Honestly, I, I think that... I mean, listen, I'm a, a fantastic, you know, huge admirer of the, the amazing... Um, uh, Benzema, but I just think he's, you know, if basically you were replaced by someone who hadn't been involved at all on that on that journey, you know, there's no doubt about it. You know, if if Benzema had been here from day one, I think if he'd been sort of um, around, then 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 I'm sure that he perhaps rather than Jury might have led the line. And what we've had instead, I think, was a a different France team playing a slightly different way. Um, but it's been harmonious. It's been um, strong. They've been, you know, fantastic. They've, you know, really come together as a group. You know, when they have missed players, and when we talk about strength and depth there, by the way, Upper Mancano, when he's out ill, you know, he, he's replaced, um, you know, by Canate. And Canate, I thought, was fantastic. The other, the other absolutely brilliant. And so, you know, what I'm trying to say is that togetherness as a group cannot be upset, surely. And even though Benzema is still listed there on the squad list that you, you're getting, you know, getting for the for the game, because he obviously effectively he is still eligible, of course he is. Um, I just think it would be impossible, really, to, to bring him back at this stage. I just don't see that how that that's, you know, they've been rubbing along so nicely. And when they have setbacks like Rabiot the other day, and I just don't just don't see how that how that's viable. You know, when they bring off Giroud, it's someone like a you know a Marcus Duram that comes on and basically makes a difference. Of course, Benzema would would be you know would be welcome, would be playing if he'd been involved since um, since day one. But the fact is that he hasn't been as amazing a talent as he is. I just think you, you keep together with the group rather than replace him in. I mean, sure, it's a valid story, but I don't. I, I personally think it would be a terrible mistake, frankly, if indeed it would happen, but I don't think it would. And you think of the injuries that they've had. So you, you, we've had um, 
Pogba and Kante, obviously, and Benzema, who who haven't played in the tournament. And then Giroud comes in uh, and has an Indian summer of his own up front. And uh, Aurelien Tremaini comes into the midfield, who probably would have only got maybe sort of sympathy minutes at the end of matches otherwise. Uh, And those players have then become almost stars of the World Cup in their own right. So, you know, it's just it's one of these sliding doors moments. Andy, uh, Benzema, tell us uh, your take on this. Just just quickly, I I mean, I understand everything that John's saying, but, 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 but to me, the farcical nature... The absolute farcical nature of being able to have 15 people on the bench, so you're not naming subs, you're just naming goal your squad, just allows it to happen. You know, why would why, why wouldn't you do it? I mean, I mean, in the sense, he's not taking anyone's place, don't forget. He, don't forget, he's not taking anyone's place. I mean, I mean you know, he's coming in, you know, he, so he's coming in and he won't, if he goes on, it could be anyone who goes on. And if Deschamps decides, I, I agree with John, I don't think it should happen. I'd be interested to know what the situation would be, say, for example, if. England were in this situation and Harry Kane hadn't played for all of his games and he was available for the final, I'd be interested to see what you do. Because you know what you do with Harry Kane? Do you know what would happen in that situation if this was England and Harry Kane hadn't played and was suddenly when was fifth last game? They bring him in, they put him in the squad, they put him on the 25 people who are on the bench or however many it is nowadays at FIFA Lau. And how about if the game was going to penalties? What would you do? You'd bring Harry Kane on, wouldn't you? I mean, it's just, you've got that, it's all wrong, but you've got that facility where you can bring someone. It doesn't upset anyone because everyone's there anyway. You know, everyone's on a bench. Everyone can, you know, you can pick five or whatever you come on. And if, for example, you had Benzema on the bench um, and say France were, were, were one down with 10 minutes of extra time to play and he'd only use, say, three or four substitutes, then you, you would have that option of bringing on Benzema to try and get a goal. I mean, I think the facility to be able to do that, and I don't think they will, but the facility to be able to do that is wrong. But if they did it, I would say, listen, I sort of get why you're doing it because, you know, why not? Why not? Bring him on Bring him on for a penalty, you know, bring him on for whatever. And I, I genuinely think, I don't like the spirit of it. I don't think it, I think it, it wouldn't be great, but... I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame him at all for doing it because it is a loophole in the rules that's there to be exploited. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think I'm with you, Andy. Uh, it's Karen Benzema. It's the current Ballon d'Or winner. Um, if you've got, a, even if you can just name it's him all on the bench, you're denying anyone to, to come on. If you're saying, well, well, actually, you know, you know, you've got five people to bring on. Send them on. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter, does it? He's not going to come on and start the game. He's not going to come in and start the game and take. You know, if 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 Didier Deschamps turned around and said, "Okay, Benzema's coming in and he's replacing Olivier Giroud in the start lineup," I go, "Blimey, that is harsh. That is going to upset everyone. That is ridiculous. That is harsh. That's cruel." But no, if they say, "Listen, I'll sit him on the bench and if he can play five minutes at the end of extra time when we need the goal to keep our World Cup dreams alive," I'm sending on Benzema rather than Marcus Thuram. In in all honesty. Yeah, and um, obviously they had Randall uh, Kolomoanu who came on in, in the semi-final and scored. But um, I think in the grand scheme of things, if there's a World Cup trophy at stake, I, I don't think Randall would be too upset to, to play second or even third fiddle to Benzema. But I just think with Benzema, there's a reason they didn't replace him. There's a reason that his name is still greyed out uh, on the television graphics. There's a reason because he probably got a three-weeker when he, when he got injured. And it was touch and go whether he would make the quarters or make the semis. And I just think there's a reason behind it. And I think, can, can, I, can I just pick you up on that? Can I, I mean, let's go back to, we wouldn't do it with Harry Kane. It, it's not, he's not replacing anyone. He's in the squad. 
he comes here and he sits there. Spurs did it with Kane in the in the Champions League final 2019. He didn't play the quarters, he didn't play the semis, he was barely fit, and this named him in the starting lineup after Lucas scoring a hat trick against Ajax in the semis. So it's been I, there. I need to come back on that. He wouldn't be upset if if Benzema took his place. Are you sure? It's a high, it's a hierarchy, John. He's a Ballon d'Or winner. He's won everything. He's it's a legend in the game. Yeah, I know, totally, totally. But if you're a young player who's who's basically come on and made a difference in the game, been part of the squad the whole time, I promise you, when if basically he reflects back and sort of kind of on his career in in in, in twenty years' time, if Benzema basically comes on in place of him, Benzema having not been a part of that squad at all. He will go. Oh, I remember the time in 2022 in Qatar when you know they brought on Benzema, who hadn't been when he's around. Pol- when he's polishing his medal, <laughs> you, you no, no. Say if he's not polishing his medal, I don't know. You boys are living on cloud cuckoo land. If you reckon a player is not going to be upset, I mean that's not the competitive nature of football. That's not why France are in the final because every player wants to play. Listen, they've got a dilemma, but I'm sorry, but that, that, that that's nothing to do with the footballer DNA that I know that makes a successful footballer. Oh, all right, lads, yeah, on you come, Karen, come over, mate, come on, you, you know, you come in. I don't know what 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 planet you're on, boys. <laughs> sorry, I know. What do you mean, boys? You said what? What, what have I said, John? <laughs> what, what, what have I said? Oh, no, no, no. no, sorry, just remind me. Well, I haven't mentioned the word about anyone being upset. There's hierarchies in the squad, obviously. And Benzema would have been going into the tournament as first choice. He's still in the squad. Now he's back fit. So he's entitled to his place in, in the pecking order, in the hierarchy. That's, that's, the way, that's the way squads go, no? I mean, look at Rashford, for example. He comes in, scores against Wales and gets dropped oh, for the I, next I game, know. no? I don't, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see it like that, Peter. We'll agree to disagree, pal. Is Benzema in the squad? Benzema is in the squad. Is he in the squad? Yes or no? But you have you have a a squad. To my mind, you have a squad harmony. Let, let's get it right. Ben, what, what has Benzema done? Basically, Benzema's returned in one pre-season. You know, I say one mid-season friendly game, basically, and then they posted pictures of him in the gym. Now he would be expected to go from that into, you know, arguably the biggest game of his life, bearing in mind, you know, you understand when he, where he came from. You know, it's just, no, I just don't, I just don't see it. I think that would be ridiculously harsh on, on the others. And to suggest they wouldn't mind, you know, I just... No, I, I didn't say Giroud utterly, wouldn't mind. Um, I mean, I agree with you on Giroud. Giroud deserves to start the game. But I'm saying if he, if there's options to be G- had... Giroud and, you know, listen, I've got so much respect for Giroud. He's just fantastic. But I've got to say, as someone who's interviewed Giroud, uh, you know, <laughs> Benzema's a thorny subject. You know, I mean, car comparisons aside. He, they call him a goal car, didn't he? Benzema. Yeah, um, and, you know, and Giroud, you know, never dodges his question, is the consumer professional and is, is, is fantastic. And I think, you know, this is the, this is the issue. If you replace Giroud with Benzema, for, for example, as a substitute, I'm sorry, but... You know, Giroud would be, I think, mortified, and therefore you upset the balance of, of of the squad. If you had a fully fit Karim Benzema, 
guys, there's no question in my mind that, that Benzema plays a part. And, you know, he starts the tournament, plays the tournament, comes on, whatever. But I honestly, at this stage, to my mind, it looks like we're talking about a half-fit Benzema who's striving to get back fit for, for the start of res resumption of Real Madrid season. So I'm sorry, but I just, I, 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 I listen, I get, I get Andy's point about the kind of the squad list. Um, but I, I don't see it, you know, the reality is that the farcical nature of it means that they've kept him on the list. Why have they kept him on the list? You know, <laughs> that that's clear because they can and, and, they have that, and they have that option. And so maybe, maybe we'll all be surprised because they're doing some press today. So maybe they'll announce, you know, here's Karen coming from the cold and, 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 and take your, your place. What a story that would be. But I, I, personally, I think for squad... Harmony, I think it would be the wrong choice. Mm -hmm. um, interesting one, interesting one. Uh, I could go on it. I could go on, but I won't. I won't. Um, I, I didn't mean to be quite, I mean to be quite well, so rude. I, I was going to, I, I one thing, to I was going to so mention rude, maybe. I just found it staggering that you would think a player wouldn't mind. Well, what about, what about Ryan, what about, what about Ryan Sterling earlier on in the tournament? So he flies, he has to fly home for a week to deal with the burglary situation. Then he comes back and gets a substitute appearance. So the people that are trading all week going to be upset by that? Yeah. But but I do I genuinely do. I mean that created a lot of debate, and you know I reckon really it was a, it was fantastic England you know group in terms of harmony and spirit. You only had to just got kind of talk to, to them about that. But I bet you a secret. I mean Jack Greenish is going to be going. Really really you know he's sort of kind of on before me. I've trained all week, and I, I, you know those are the sort of things. And you know, listen, it, it, you know if Raheem Sterling comes on and basically makes a difference, takes it to extra time, fine. But what did Raheem Sterling do? He produced a performance that's, uh, from a player that's missed training all week. <laughs> and he looked rusty, he didn't look sharp, didn't look at it, and England got no benefit from that substitution. Terrible substitution. But, but, but just, just, just the one thing on, on, on the squad harmony, I get it, I get it. But if there's 10 minutes left in a World Cup final in extra time, the manager's going to think, well, I've got Benzema here, or Kolo Moani, which one should I send on 10 minutes ago in a World Cup final? Should I send on Colomiani because he might get upset if Benzema? It's obvious the team harmony doesn't matter when there's 10 minutes left in a World Cup final. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter. Gareth Southie thought he was doing the right thing putting Sterling on, you know, putting, you know, uh, an, an experienced guy who's done it before. He's not bothered about saying this because he needs to stay in a World Cup. He didn't. I get the squad harmony prior to the game. So if they turn around and said Benzema is going to play, say today, then the squad harmony of this players might be disrupted by that. Some players might say, but if they say he's on the bench, he comes on with five minutes to go in a World Cup final. Squad harmony is about zero on the priorities. I agree with you, Andy. If he were fully fit, for Karen Benzema. Well, I'm working on the assumption he is. I mean, that, that's, that, that's not nothing to do. Are you? Are you? After one so I'm working on the assumption Okay, okay, fine. I'm okay. working on the assumption he is. That the, his fitness is irrelevant to me. The discussion is, if, if Benzema is fully fit, do you have him on the bench, John? Okay, I'm, tell, I'm asking you now the question. If Karim Benzema is 100% fit, is in the squad as we know, would you have him on the bench on Sunday? I don't think the question is whether you have it. Hang on, let me finish. I've let you finish. Here's the question. If, if he's 100% fit, would you have him on the bench? 
if he's 100% um, fit, right, yeah. I don't think the question is whether you'd have him on the bench, right, or not. I think the question is whether he's starting. But he's, well, not, he's, not, stop, he's not, you know, that, that's the thing. You know, if he was 100% fit and had been part of the squad the whole time, you know, the, the question is not whether he's on the bench, it's whether he starts the game. But the fact is that he's not been part of the squad and also, you know, he's not clearly not going to be 100%. He's not. Okay. They, posted, they posted pictures of one friendly match. Okay. You know, a low-key game. If you looked at the pictures, how low-key did that game look? I think it looked pretty low-key to me. To be okay, honest. well, one last question. If it was an England situation and it was Harry Kane, would you have Harry Kane on the bench? If, if it was the same situation? Yeah. Yeah, no. Hang on. Yes or no? Look at the politics behind it. Look at the politics behind it. Benzema, well, Benzema yes no. history, but I think Harry Kane, yes. But look at the politics. Look at, look at the look at the issues around Benzema and his history with the French national team. I'm generally just asking, would you have him on the bench for the last five minutes of a World Cup final? I'm not. I'm, I'm not looking for any, you know, big deep discussion on Benzema's politics. I just want to know, would you have Karim Benzema? On the bench, I'll tell you what. In these circumstances, <laughs> in these circumstances, would you have no, a three quarters for Karen Benzema on the bench? Because I'd have a three quarters for Harry Kane on the bench, just in case it went to penalties. I would. I'd, 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 in this situation, I'd put Harry Kane on the bench. Say, listen, come on with a minute to go for penalties. I don't know. I would. It, it, why would you cut your nose off to spite your face? I don't know. Um, it's. In, I want to move on from this. I, I will move on from this. But I compared. Look, Dybala, for example, for Argentina. And they gave him a few minutes to run out against Morocco. So if they didn't manage to get him on against Morocco, would they then look to the bench and take somebody like Dybala into the World Cup final and say, "Okay, you can have your first minutes of the of the cup." I mean, you're in the squad for a reason. If you're in there at number one or number twenty six, you've got to be ready to be called upon to play. Um, and and that's the way I see. It. I I mean, I I would I wouldn't start Benzema, but I would certainly put him on before Randall Cole and Moani. There's no doubt about that. Um, I feel like we've we've spent uh, the entire podcast talking about that. Um, it's a Benzema special. A Benzema special. Benzema special. I'll tell you what. We, we'll start. We'll have to start to to round it out a little bit here. Um, John, where's this game going to be won and lost uh, tactically? I think that um, France really their whole um, makeup of the team really is. It's been really interesting dynamic, isn't it? I think that they are um, a team that is completely lopsided in many respects, really, forward-wise. I think Antoine Griezmann has been um, France's best player at this tournament. I think if France win the um, World Cup, then he should be crowned player of the tournament. I think he's been fantastic. But he's been part of the forward line. He does work incredibly, prolifically hard. Um, and so the, the other night, he was even sort of kind of making clearances in, in, in defence. But... Um, you know, then you've got Dembele, who I thought was particularly ineffective the other night. You know, I think he's had a really good tournament overall, you know, but he's been he's been fantastic from the right, Mbappe from the left. And then basically, you know, Giroud up top. I mean, that's one hell of a forward line. And I think basically the issue I always think that, that France have in there is does the midfield work well? And basically, you know, can that can that cope? And I think if you look at Argentina's tactics, they've been very, very heavy in midfield. They've often played almost a 4-4-2. And I think that basically I do feel as if it could be that midfield um, battle. Up to this point, 
France have been superb in midfield. You know, this sort of kind of even the other night when they had Fofana coming in for um, Rabiot to, to um, you know, sort of kind of partner up in midfield as well. You know, that worked well enough. Let's see whether Rabiot is fit. But I do feel as if that could be, that could be key. I just think that Messi and Alvarez have worked particularly well, haven't they? You know, Messi slightly behind Alvarez and, and, and that's been, you know, really interesting to watch. So, I just, you know, I just feel um, it's a, re- you know, it's a really, it's a really intriguing tactical battle. And it, for me, you, you know, I think if if the French attack works, clicks, then I feel that France uh, will win the game, frankly, because if, if those tactics, you know, come off, then I just think they're, you know, so powerful in attack that basically they can make all the difference. I feel, you know, so 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 that's the. You know that's the key for me. It's going to take a moment of messy magic, really, to 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 win it for Argentina. It's as simple as that for me. I do think France have got the better squad, better players, but then basically, you know, football isn't always done on kind of on on kind of you know God given talent. It's about moments, isn't it? And I think that sort of that's Argentina's biggest hope for me. Yeah, um, and Andy, when it comes to these two teams, I'm not sure either manager has had to cater for, you know, sort of like a superstar, uh, an X-man type footballer uh, at this tournament so far. Uh, like, you know, in the build-up to the England game against France, it's, it's what are we going to do about Mbappe? If you're Scaloni or if you're Deschamps, uh, Andy, are you are you coming up with sort of special teams plans to deal with Mbappe or Messi? Or are you just going to go out there and play your game and, and sort of try and mitigate it in sort of a collective sense? Um, I think it, I think probably Didier Deschamps, Didier Deschamps is more likely to come up with a plan for Messi than Lionel Scaloni is going to come up for a plan for Mbappe. Mbappe, because as John says, you know the danger um, from France is, is widespread. You know, and and okay, Alvarez has been fantastic, but you know Messi is the one that they'll go around. So yes, you know, and and you know um, it has happened before. And Golo Kante obviously is not here. Um, was once detailed to take care of Messi and did so. Um, will he do the same? Will Will someone? Um, I don't know whether they will or not. Um, but more than likely, I think he will come up with a Messi-centric defensive plan. Um, you know, I, I, John mentioned Canati before. It, it was outstanding, and and it's you know bear in mind that. Um, you know, Kunde has been playing right back, you know, which is not his normal position. Um, defensively, you, you, you look at them, you think they might be vulnerable, but they, they they played superb at the back. They were superb at the back against Morocco, albeit Morocco lacked that little bit of composure. Um, so, yeah, I, I th- I, in answer to your question, I'm not sure, but I would think that France are thinking more of a plan for Messi than Argentina are thinking more of a plan for Mbappe. I mean, Mbappe thinks simple, you know, because he... You know, you basically just can't. You can't get too tight. You can't let him run behind. You know, and that will be um, drummed into the fullbacks and to the centre halves. They've had a lot of bookings as well, Argentina, to this point. So uh, somebody with Mbappe's speed as well could could really make that perilous. Uh, guys, let's close it out with a with a prediction. Um, John, can you see Karen Benzema holding that World Cup trophy aloft? I knew oh, that. <laughs> well, clearly, you both can. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Listen, get a prediction. I, I, um, well, I I I tip France before the tournament, and I must say I tip France before the tournament before um, Benzema pulled out. Um, you know, and before you know, I think well, well the, the other Hernandez basically pulled out. So I mean, t- to do this, 
you know, against all the odds and losing, you know, world-class player after world-class player is is some achievement and shows and highlights the depth of their squad. Um, so I, 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 you know, I do think that France, I can't change now, can I? I mean, you know, Messi and Argentina is the fairy tale, isn't it? But I can't change now. So basically, I, you know, um, France... Would be would 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 be my choice. No, I don't see Benzema um, um, holding aloft the trophy, um, and I, you know I don't particularly sit with him on the on the podium. But let's see, that would be one hell of a story, one hell of a comeback. Well, let's wait and see what the France uh, sort of kind of set, set up say about it later. Unbelievable, um, Andy. Let's close it out with a prediction from you. Are we going to? Is Lionel Messi going to sign off from the international game with the trophy we all think he deserves? Um, it would be fantastic, wouldn't it? You know, it, it, it really would. Well, it'd just be it'd be a great story. Um, do I know? I don't. I'm, I'm with John. This I, my 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 instinct is to say France two 0 I think France will have enough defensive nows to nullify Messi and Alvarez. Although, and and they've got obviously all sorts of attacking talent. So my initial. My initial reaction is 2-0 um, to France. But then I do think of Messi and Alvarez and what what they did at Morocco. And, you know, I just think maybe it's hard to see them not scoring. So I'll go France 2, Argentina 1. Um, absolutely fascinating. And I hope you guys, um, as always, enjoy the experience um, being at a World Cup final. What a privilege it is to, uh, to be out there. And let me just say, you've done a great job. I know it's not over yet. There's one more game to go, but... You know, we've all really enjoyed uh, talking to you every day here during the tournament and, and following and reading your stuff. And in the lead up to the final, don't forget, you can catch Andy, everything from Andy and John and everything that everybody else is producing across the Reach Network, um, either online uh, or in print uh, in the mirror. And uh, please join us on Monday as we uh, close out the tournament and digest everything that has gone in Qatar 2022. So it just remains for me to say thank you, John. And thank you, Andy, for joining us live from Doha. We really appreciate it. And for everybody else, um, have a good weekend. Enjoy the World Cup final. 